Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Dante Olson back in the pros. Tori Martell on the national stage. Dylan Kipp smashing through personal records. Justin Angle analyzing all things business and sports. Opening day in baseball. And oh, by the way, maybe the greatest email I've received in 2021. This is Nuanez Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Statewide Television, SWX Montana. Want to listen into the show on one of your mobile devices, your computer, your laptop, your iPhone? Head on over to our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Click on the Listen Live tab. There you'll find the stream. You can listen to ESPN Radio on the live stream 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year, both ESPN National and this show as well. You'll also find our podcast hosted on the 1029 ESPN website, as well as all of your various podcasting platforms. Nuana is now, so all you have to do is search for that. Even N-U-A-N-E-Z will get you there. If you want to participate in the show, you want to give us a call, shoot us a text. It's easy, 361-3688. That's 361-3688. All guests, join us. 
via the Rangich Brothers RV phone. Now we're going to get into some baseball a little later on. Give you all the uh, the good news and the bad news. Already a cancellation uh, with the Washington Nationals experiencing some COVID issues. So uh, rocky start, but still a day that I think brings a lot of people a lot of great joy. Uh, around the country. Opening day for baseball just seems like a little different than every other opening day. Part of it's just because we've been through a long winter usually at this point. So uh, it's almost like a a holiday that people like to celebrate. But uh, we'll get into a little bit of baseball, but we're going to talk a lot of football. Sam Herter, Hero Sports. He covers the FCS on a national level. We're going to talk to him all about the spring football season, some of the stuff that's going on in the Big Sky Conference, some of the stuff that's going on around the country with the teams that are participating, and maybe some insight into how this might affect the fall season. Dylan Kipp, senior javelin thrower from the uh, University of Montana track and field team. He'll join us here in about 30 minutes. Dylan, is uh, he's had a crazy time at Montana. He's from Ohio, transferred here. Uh, he went to Ashland College out in Ohio, and then he transferred to Montana uh, in the semester break of 2019, participated in an outdoor track season that year, placed in the top 10 in the Big Sky Conference in the javelin throw, and then didn't participate again for almost two years because we had COVID, and javelin throwers, they don't get to participate in indoor track and field or during the fall during cross country, obviously, so been a long time, but he popped a big throw over the weekend at the Al Manual Invite. So we'll talk a little bit about that and just the state of track and field as a whole. Justin Angle's going to swing by. It's a business angle. We're going to talk about a variety of things that have to do with the overlay of business and sports. Men's and women's basketball tournament inequities. We're going to talk LeBron James and the Red Sox. And uh, we're going to talk a lot of other factors as well for our business angle. And then we're going to go all around the wide world of sports Tori Martell from Montana State. She is participating in the NCAA Women's Three-Point Championship tonight at 7 p.m. So she's one of eight players from around the country who will get a chance to participate in that great event. Dante Olson from the uh, former Montana linebacker, former Philadelphia Eagle. He's headed to the CFL. He signed with the Edmonton Eskimos. So that's good news for Dante Olson, the former Buck Buchanan Award winner. The transfer portal, NCAA transfer portal, continues to just light up, particularly when it comes to the Eastern Washington Eagles men basketball team. Kim Aiken and Jack Perry, basically the last two guys from Eastern Washington's rotation that have not hit the portal, well, now they have. Ellis Magson's really the only guy on the roster that got any sort of substantial playing time now that has not hit the portal. Eight players from Eastern Washington, including Tanner Groves, the Big Sky MVP, and Kim Aiken, the Defensive Player of the Year in the league, as well as a first-team All-League performer, are both into the portal, as is Perry, who's been a good contributor for Eastern and a senior who had announced that he was coming back, but now he's on the move as well. We'll also talk a little bit of MSU volleyball. They lost in the quarterfinals of the Big Sky Conference Tournament. They had had a great run going, but they get upset by Southern Utah. But first and foremost, we have to start with the greatest email I received in 2021. No, it was not a love note. No, it was not a gift certificate to go get something to eat. Nothing, Nothing of the sort. In fact, it was just a press release. It was an important press release from the University of Montana. The University of Montana Athletic Department announced its intention to return to full capacity attendance at Washington Grizzly Stadium for the fall of 2021. The decision falls in line with the Office of, Commission, the Office of Commissioners of Higher Education's decision to operate campuses in Montana as normal this fall, which will still be contingent on all city, county, and federal health guidelines. From Kent Haslam, Montana Athletic Director, we know that nothing is guaranteed and obviously much has changed between now and the fall, but we are excited 
to welcome 26,000 fans back to Washington Grizzly Stadium, and we hope our fans are just as excited to help us cheer on the Grizz. Montana State made a similar announcement. They put season tickets on sale today. So this is going in the right direction, boys and girls. We are going to have football live and in person with fans. And that's a godsend, not just for the energy of it, the environment of it, and the prestige of the two home field advantages that exist at both Washington Grizzly Stadium and at Bobcat Stadium. But it's just... It's better for the experience of the student-athlete. It's better for the experience of the schools. But more importantly than all of that, man, it's important for our economies. This, this thing, not having football in football towns like Missoula and Bozeman, has had a huge effect. It has really hurt a lot of our downtown businesses, a lot of our downtown bars and restaurants. It's hurt us in the media big time. Because so much of what we do is broadcasting events, whether it's our pre- and post-game show, which we are fully planning on having before each and every Grizz home game. I got the same deal in Bozeman. I do a pre-game show over in Bozeman as well. We need that kind of stuff to generate revenue and keep the great content and the, the stuff that we produce flowing here uh, at ESPN Missoula as well as SWX Montana Television and all the media entities across the Treasure State as well. We just We need football to produce the revenue that we need to survive. And so this is a good thing that we're going to be having fans in the stands. I know that it's still contingent on safety precautions and all that stuff, but it's great news that we are going to have fans in the stands at Washington Grizzly Stadium and Bobcat Stadium. Hopefully we can keep making progress towards that that note because September is a long ways away. A lot of things can happen on either side, but I, I'm really optimistic that we're going to be having full capacity at both the great stadiums in the state of Montana. Listen to Nuanez now on 1029 ESPN Missoula. Maybe watching in statewide SWX Montana Television. It's opening day for baseball, but we got to talk some football because that's I'm most excited about that just from this news that we're going to have the fans in the stadium. So uh, we go now to the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. Welcome in Sam Herder from Hero Sports. He covers the football championship subdivision on the national level for Hero Sports. And Sam, thanks so much for joining us. We just got the announcement from uh, the University of Montana that they are fully expecting to have full capacity at Washington Grizzly Stadium this fall. Montana State, a similar announcement earlier this week as well. So your reaction to the news in Montana? Yeah, you know, it, it was actually great to see. Uh, I appreciate uh, both Montana and Montana State's timing on this announcement. There's been a lot of uh, Twitter freakouts uh, in regards to if the FCS spring season will finish or not, uh, which, by the way, I think there's a very, very strong chance it will finish. But it, it was good to see some positive news that, hey, things are, you know, sooner or later things will go back to normal. Uh, the FCS will have a normal fall season. Uh, fans will be in the stands. Uh, obviously, Montana, Montana State have two of the best home environments in the FCS. So, yeah, it was great to see some some positive news coming to my inbox instead of, you know, a, a cancellation or a postponement or and things along those lines. No question. I was I was loving it. I called my brother right away. So let's go. I can't wait to have fans back in the stands. But let's talk about this FCS spring season because we have had a couple different opt-outs in recent weeks. I know Illinois State from the Missouri Valley opted out a little bit earlier on here. And then this last week, Cal Poly, after taking three straight drubbings, they backed their way out of the spring season as well. So are those anomalies or is that part of a trend, Sam? I mean, are we going to see more of this coming down the pipe? I think we'll see more, but it's not going to be an avalanche of teams. You know, I, I bet by the time 
that last week of the regular season hits, which is, I believe, April 17th, uh, you know, by that point, by the start of April 17th, we'll probably have, it's hard to guess, but maybe 10, 15, 20 more teams decide to opt out. But I don't think we're going to have 50 teams opt out within two weeks. I don't see that happening. Uh, each of these teams, I mean, Illinois State was battling injuries. Cal Poly was battling injuries. Albany, uh, I mean, Illinois State was 1-3. and three. Cal Poly 0-3. Oh Albany was battling injuries. They were 1-3. and three. The one... The only opt-out that has impacted the playoff pitcher is Chattanooga. Uh, you know, they were 3-0 and in the SoCon, and then last week they decided to sit all of their starters. Uh, then they lost their first SoCon game to Mercer. Them opting out didn't surprise me, though. Uh, you know, I, it was pretty well known that their head coach was never too excited about playing this spring, um, and I think the plan all along was to play, you know, three, four games and then opt out. Uh, it just so happened that they actually had a pretty good football team, and they were out to a 3-0 start, uh, but I've heard that even if Chattanooga were to make the playoffs, if they stuck it out and were to make the playoffs, they were actually just going to decline their bid and, and move on toward the fall, so I mean, Chattanooga was the one team that has opted out so far with the winning record, but at the same time, that, that, didn't, that didn't come as a surprise to me. The opt-outs individually seem to make some sense for the, one, the schools that are doing it, but how do you think it impacts just the playoff races as a whole? I mean, especially when you're talking about like the Big Sky Conference, how do they remake the schedule now with Cal Poly not in the mix? Yeah, I mean, it's it, it hurts. I guess it, it does. When I said it, you know, it, it doesn't impact the playoff pitcher, uh, I guess I meant, you know, that would, for those individual teams, but it does impact the playoffs as far as, you know, I, I don't have the, the schedules in front of me, but if, if Cal Poly were, you know, had a team like Weaver State or Eastern Washington or UC Davis on their schedule that have, uh, you know, that, that, that game will no longer be played, well, that's one less win for those teams and one less win on their playoff resume. Same thing with Albany. Uh, you know, they, they opted out on Tuesday they had a game uh, against Delaware uh, uh, this weekend, and that game is obviously not going to happen anymore. Delaware wants as many games as possible because right now they are three and zero and four and zero. You know, if they finish, you know, if they have more games postponed or canceled, and Delaware only finishes five and zero, you know, obviously they'll be in the playoffs, but that might not be good enough for a playoff seed. Whereas maybe if they were six and zero, maybe that would be good enough for a, for a, for a playoff seed. So, yeah, these teams opting out. Um, you know, it, it is interesting to, to see or hear if that does ruffle some feathers within the conference, especially if, you know, you opt out and you cost a, a playoff contender, you know, a potential home game with some ticket revenue or, you know, a playoff resume win or something like that. So, um, yeah, a, a, a low amount right now with only four opt-outs. Um, but, you know, midseason opt-outs were certainly expected this spring season. We look directly at the Big Sky Cowards. The games that will not be played because of Cal Poly's opt-out include this weekend's scheduled game for Cal Poly against Northern Arizona in Flagstaff, uh, then a home game for Cal Poly against UC Davis, and then a season finale for Cal Poly against Weber State in San Luis Obispo. So those three games will not be played. So that's an interesting fold, Sam, because you look at a team like UC Davis. They've been uh, pretty darn good so far this spring, and conventional wisdom would say, since they already destroyed 
Cal Poly earlier this year, uh, hanging 73 on them, 73-24 back on March 20th. That'd probably be another win for Davis to help them fortify uh, their their resume. So, I mean, first of all, what's your take on UC Davis and, and does not get into that second game against Cal Poly hurt the Aggies who are off to a 3-1 and start? Yeah, I, I think it, it possibly could hurt them at, at the same time. Uh, I do think this weekend's game against UC, uh, between UC Davis and Eastern Washington uh, very likely is a playoff elimination game. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm just assuming uh, that Weber State is most likely going to win out and, and finish undefeated, finish 5-0, and get that auto bid. I do think the Big Sky will get one at large bid. And to me, you know, that, that'll come down to UC Davis and Eastern Washington, and then Idaho is, is in the mix as well. All those teams have one loss. Uh, once you suffer your second loss, I think, uh, you know, especially in the big sky, I, I think you're out of playoff contention. So this game between UC Davis and Eastern Washington is a huge one. And, you know, I, I, I've been really impressed with the Aggies this year. Um, you know, we they've had a lot of younger players make, you know, that played as, as freshmen or sophomores in that 2018 run to the quarterfinals. Those guys are all upperclassmen now and obviously still making a, a huge impact. Uh, you know, Gilliam is a fantastic running back. They have uh, experience on the offensive line and on the defensive side of the football. But obviously, you know, in football, it all goes back to the quarterback play and replacing a guy like Jake Mayer is no easy task. But, you know, Hunter Rodriguez uh, has come in and he's, he's looked fantastic and, and has really uh, led UC Davis to a great start to this season. Sam Herder joining us. He writes for Hero Sports, a national outlet covering the football championship subdivision. And Sam, let's keep it on the big sky for a moment. Weber State looks like the team that's in the driver's seat at 3-0, and and they do have the win over UC Davis. But who are the – I mean, it's, it's got to be Weber, Davis. Is there anybody else that you think is in playoff contention? Can Eastern make a push uh, to maybe challenge one of those two squads? And do you think this is, is Weber State's league to lose? Yeah, I, I do have Weber State as the – as the favorites, it'll be interesting if Weber State does win out, you know, which I think they should, playing at Southern Utah, and then a home game versus Idaho State. You know, what does a 5-0 and Weber State team look like in the seeding discussion compared to a 7-1 a and NDSU team or, you know, a 5-0 and James Madison team? Or a four and Kennesaw State team. I mean, that's just the crazy part of this of this spring season is you have some teams playing four games, some teams playing six games. You know, Jacksonville State, who played four games in the fall, you know that counts toward their playoff resume, and so they have they might have technically ten or eleven total games on their playoff resume. So, just kind of how the spring season is. But yeah, I, I do think Weber State is the favorites. Uh, the Big Sky, you know, Eastern Washington still has a shot at the playoffs if they do beat UC Davis, um, and then they knock off Idaho. I think that certainly should get the Eagles in as in that large bid, finishing that 5-1. and one. Uh, But it's kind of that, that three-team race right now, like I mentioned, between UC Davis, Idaho, and Eastern Washington, all one-loss teams. Uh, and, you know, it just so happens that, that they play each other these, these final two weeks, and so that, that'll really shape up how the, how the playoff field looks. The most recent top 25 poll has 
um, a variety of teams, but not North Dakota State on top. James Madison is the top-ranked team in multiple different polls. NDSU second, Weber State third, South Dakota State fourth, Sam Houston, who plays tonight, actually, uh, actually coming up here pretty quickly, uh, is fifth. And then North Dakota, a former Big Sky Conference member, sitting there in sixth. But Sam, when you look at the national playoff picture, when you look at the national rankings and you look at uh, across the country, who's been maybe your surprise or breakout team this year? And um, is, is there anybody that surprised you in, in maybe their pr- uh, emergence as a, a potential championship contender? Yeah, I, I do still think it is the, the same teams in that national title picture. I mean, you have JMU, NDSU. I really like Weber State, South Dakota State. Uh, you know, certainly is right up, uh, right up at the top as well. You know, Sam Houston has had a couple of down years, but they're back to being uh, near the top. Uh, I guess one new team is Delaware, uh, who's you know a, a, a blue blood FCS program, but really hasn't been nationally relevant for quite some time. Uh, they are three and zero. They play in the CAA North compared to JMU playing in the CAA South, and so there is a, a decent chance that James Madison goes undefeated and Delaware goes undefeated. Uh, and again, when it comes to the seeding, what would the playoff committee do there? Because you know, GMU might be five and zero, but only has one ranked win. Meanwhile, Delaware could be five and zero or six and zero with two ranked wins. And so, is there a chance that Delaware gets a top four seed and, and GMU uh, is not a seeded team? So, uh, yeah, I, I guess as far as one team that has emerged as a potential uh, team that could make a deep playoff run would probably be Delaware. What has caused the uh, resurgence of North Dakota? Because North Dakota, when they were in the big sky, they went from solid to good to then sharing the league championship. But they went one and done in the playoffs the one year that they did get a buy at a playoff seed. Uh, and they kind of came back down to earth before they left and then have been sort of in the middle since, since moving into the Missouri Valley Football Conference. So how, how has North Dakota been able to build themselves into a, a top 10 team? Yeah, a big thing with UND is, you know, they, they, their, their team stuck together during this offseason. I mean, they didn't have, you look at all the other Valley teams, you know, South Dakota State lost uh, Kate Johnson to the NFL draft. Uh, NDSU lost a couple of players to the transfer portal and a couple of players to the NFL draft. Northern Iowa lost like five or six All-American or All-Conference players either to the NFL draft or to the transfer portal. Same thing with Illinois State. Like the top four teams in the Valley all lost significant players. And UND's entire team, uh, you know, I I think they lost like one backup uh, uh, defensive back, I want to say, to the transfer portal. But other than that, all their starters were coming back. So I think that was a, a big boost for them. The other thing, too, is Otis Wea, the running back. Uh, he didn't play in, in 2019 because he had some academic issues, uh, but obviously he, he figured those out and, and is back on the active roster. Uh, he's been playing like one of the top running backs in the FCS, uh, really a kind of short, stout guy, uh, really slippery, great vision, great top-end speed, just a really guy to, to bring down. And I think his emergence, along with the offensive and defensive lines, really taking a step, a giant step forward is what has led UND to uh, a great start. And, you know, they're an interesting team because they were looked at as one of the top teams in the country. Then they ran into into the Bison, who proved that, all right, maybe not yet. Uh, the Bison are still one of the better teams in the country. And, and UND lost pretty big 
uh, earlier this month, and then UND's next three games have either been postponed or uh, or, or, or straight up canceled. And so UND is going to go. They last played March 20th. They're not going to play again until April 17th. Uh, <laughs> so it's one of those things where it's you know is UND good or maybe they're not as good as we thought because they got uh, hammered by NDSU. Uh, we're going to have to wait a couple more weeks to find that out when they play at Youngstown State to end the regular season. Sam Herter joining us. He writes nationally for Hero Sports covering the FCS. Sam, how would you evaluate just the, the quality of play? How is it compared to maybe what you expected it to be like and maybe compared to what it's like in a quote-unquote normal year during a normal fall season? Yeah, I think the one thing is I, overall the, the quality of play I think has been good. Um, you know, honestly, some games it seems like the officials have more issues with some some mental mistakes uh, than the actual players. There's been some some questionable calls, and you know the Idaho field goal fiasco that was that was just a kind of a mess. And there's been other kind of uh, mishaps like that from the officials. But overall, on on the field, I, I think the play uh, has been solid. I think the one thing the FCS is lacking this year is that just you know they lost so many star players you know Trey Lance and Dylan Radens and 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 Kate Johnson you know all, all these big time names you know Montana Montana State have big time names there just isn't really that that star power feel uh, to the FCS this spring just because a lot of these names. Uh, are new. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are, you know, I mean, Mark, Mark Grinowski, the, re- the freshman quarterback for South Dakota State, he's emerged. You know, Incarnate Word has a fantastic quarterback, uh, freshman quarterback in Cameron Ward. So there are new names that we're learning about now that have stepped up, but it's just, you know, there is, you know, there isn't that Trey Lance out there anymore. And, and, and when you look at, you know, favorites for the Walter Payton Award. You know, I, my favorite is, is is Eric Berrier, who's a household name. But then when you look at the Buck Buchanan Award, you know, these defensive players, it, like, you, you know their names, but it, it's not necessarily the All-Americans that you're used to seeing. And so I think that's the one thing that's lacking is just, uh, you know, I don't know if it's, it's lesser play or, or worse play, but it's just the, a lot of star power has been lost uh, between the transfer portal, the NFL draft, and just this this goofy this goofy year of not playing a fall season and then trying to play a spring season. In terms of the NFL draft, Trey Lance has been a guy that burst onto the scene in terms of the hype he was getting, former North Dakota State quarterback. And then uh, I think once he became that hot name and then everybody started sort of analyzing him and writing about him on a national level, then um, I think that sometimes that affects just the, the mentality and performance of a guy. And I know that he was he was okay but not great, although he did come up late in the North Dakota State's one game in the fall. Um, but I know that you yourself have covered NDSU as closely as any other program in the country. So where are you at with Trey Lance and his current draft stock? What are you hearing for the former North Dakota State quarterback? It it, it sounds like he is uh, very close to being a lock as as far as being a top 10 NFL draft pick. I I know, you know, right away, you know, he kept on soaring. He kept on soaring as far as his, his draft stock. And, you know, it looked like he was probably for sure going to be drafted in the top 15 when he declared. Now it looks like he's very likely to be picked in the top 10. And when San Francisco, you know, traded up to number three, a lot of different NFL draft analysts, you know, were saying this this looks like it's kind of pointing to San Francisco taking Trey Lance at number three. And so 
I mean, his stock is really rising uh, rapidly. I think teams are finding out that, I mean, you can see the, 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 just the physical skills uh, on film, but at his pro day, uh, he really showed uh, his athleticism by being able to throw on the run, throw his arm strength. I think what's, what's really uh, helping his draft stock soar kind of along the same lines as Carson Wentz is when they, you know, they, when they put them up on the virtual, uh, you know, chalkboard or however they're doing uh, the virtual combine <laughs> this year, uh, they're realizing that this dude, you know, he, he understands the game. Uh, you know, he can read defenses. You know, he makes offensive line checks at the line of scrimmage, which not a lot of college uh, quarterbacks can do, especially ones that are only 20 years old. And so uh, he's got the physical tools, and I think NFL teams are realizing that he has it between the ears uh, as well. And I think that's why he's he's gone from a top 15 pick to a top 10 pick and now potentially a top three pick, which is just, you know, it, it's crazy because he's coming from the FCS. At the same time, he's coming from NDSU, and we've seen it before. So it's just like, all right, well, you know, that's, that's the bison for you. They just keep on, you know, doing these ridiculous things. On that note, then, Brent Vegan, new head coach for Montana State, uh, he was at North Dakota State for a good portion of his career before then spending the last seven years as the offensive coordinator at Wyoming. And we've talked extensively on this show about uh, his quarterback tree, so to speak. He helped recruit and develop guys like Brock Jensen and Carson Wentz and Easton Stick at North Dakota State and uh, then Josh Allen at Wyoming. So um, what's what's your take on, on Brent Vegan, both from what he did in the past at NDSU, but now as he slides in to replace Jeff Choate? Yeah, you know, honestly, I thought he, you know, was or was or should have been the number one target for Montana State the whole time, and maybe he was. I know there, yeah, I know there was, and I, I can't remember the timeline, but you know, one guy got offered, he turned it down. The, the option, the next option, withdrew his name or something like that, um, and and who knows, maybe a vegan was. The, the top option the whole time. You never really know how these coaching searches go, but when I heard his name emerge, it made total sense to me. He, he knows what it takes to win at the FCS level. He knows how to run an FCS program. Uh, you know, I, I, I've known, or I know you've told the story of when Jeff Choate got to Montana State from the FBS level. You know, he was looking at, all right, these are our meeting rooms, or this is the, the away team's the locker room, like really, like it's, it, it kind of, if you come from the FBS level and you become an FCS head coach, you kind of have to adjust as far as just the, you know, those type of things. And, you know, Vegan knows the FCS level. He knows how to win, obviously. Uh, he, he's from, you know, the Wyoming, Montana area. Obviously, he's, he's, he's familiar with. Um, and then the big thing, too, he has the, the phenomenal track record uh, with the quarterback position, you know, working with, uh, working with Carson Wentz, working with uh, Brock Jensen. I know he was a part of Easton Sticks' early uh, recruiting evaluation period. Uh, obviously, with, with Josh Allen at Wyoming, and so he uh, he's kind of that quarterback guru as well. So, you know, like I said, I thought he made total sense from the get go, and I thought he was the favorite for the job. And you know, at the end of the day, uh, he was the guy for Montana State, and I think it's a home run hire. I, I really do. Sam Herder, Hero Sports, joining us, and Sam. We'll get you out of here on this. What are, are the, the number, the, what are the top things you're watching here down the stretch, just in terms of teams chasing playoff bursts? Are there any key matchups on your horizon or any teams that need to continue to prove it? Or uh, what are sort of the, the next uh, road bumps or, or building blocks for, for teams as they chase one of the 16 playoff bursts in this spring championship playoffs? 
Yeah, the the number one matchup uh, to finish out the regular season was supposed to be this weekend, but it got postponed. Uh, thankfully, it did get postponed and not canceled, and that's between North Dakota State and South Dakota State. Uh, that'll now be played on April 17th, I believe, the, the, the last week of the regular season. I do think that game, the winner of that game very well, could be the number one seed uh, in the playoffs just because even though both teams already have one loss, they still have a ton of ranked wins, and so they have both teams have really good resumes. So that's probably the number one game. You know, honestly, outside of that, it, this FCS spring season is kind of day by day, week by week. Like I said at the beginning, you know, I'm, there's some people want to say that the season is going to get canceled or should get canceled. Uh, you know, I've reached out to numerous people from different conferences, and there's no worry about the FCS not being able to finish the season. But really, you know, just with this season, it's just kind of tracking, all right, which games are going to happen, which games aren't going to happen, you know, keeping your eye out, uh, your ear open for the next team opt-outs, you know, keeping your ear open for which teams are having COVID issues and might not be able to play this weekend. And so that's just kind of where we're at with the spring season is, you know, you're obviously paying attention to players and the big matchups and the playoff picture, but at the same time, uh, you're just trying to keep track of all the, these COVID opt-outs and, and COVID postponements and cancellations. Well, Sam, we always love having you. Thanks so much for stopping by. Best of luck with all of it. If you want to go read Sam's great writings, just go to heroesports.com or you can go follow Sam on Twitter as well. G- give him your Twitter handle, Sam, so people can follow all your great writing. Yeah, my Twitter handle is at Sam Herder FCS. Easy enough. Thanks so much for joining us, man, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon, but best of luck with everything. All right, thank you. Listen to Nuanez now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Maybe you're watching in statewide television. We do this each and every day from 4 to 6 p.m. right here on ESPN Missoula. Are you in the cheese? MissoulaEvents.net. They have a new cheddarboard platform that supports online, live, and on-demand events hosted by your favorite Missoula breweries, restaurants, boutiques, fitness studios, and more. All you have to do is visit www.missoulaevents.net backslash cheddarboard to access your ched code today and get ready to hashtag spread the ched on April 6th when cheddarboard launches. For more info, visit missoulaevents.net. Dylan Kipp, an outstanding javelin thrower for the University of Montana men's track team, will join us next here on Nuanas Now. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. Going on, everybody. Happy Thursday. 
Listen to Nuanez now. I'm Coulter Nuanez. We do this each and every weekday from 4 to 6 p.m. right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula. Maybe you're watching in statewide television, SWX Montana. Thank you so much. If you are, whatever way you're consuming the show, we really appreciate it. Memo for tomorrow. I'm heading to Bozeman. We will have a show. Uh, B.J. Robertson, the associate head coach for the Montana State Bobcats, going to join me live off the top of the show. We're also going to catch up with Clint May, University of Montana track coach, who has actually deep roots in Bozeman. He was the head coach for Bozeman High School for quite some time. Built one of the great cross-country dynasties in the state, so uh, he'll swing by the show. We're going to hear from our good friend Carolyn, check who doesn't know sports. And then Brooks Nuanas, my brother and my business partner. Uh, we will be checking out uh, about an hour of the show tomorrow as well, so that'll be fun, broadcasting from Bozeman. I'm heading over there so I can check out some Montana State practice. Have not watched the Bobcats practice since Brett Vegan was hired, so we will look forward to that. Over this last weekend, an outdoor track meet in Missoula for the first time in, I don't even know, I think since the outdoor championships in Missoula, which was years ago. That was literally years ago. I think 2019 when... Uh, University of Montana hosted the Big Sky Conference Outdoor Championships. There was no outdoor season a year ago. And then many of the outdoor events, events like the hammer and the javelin and, and things like that, they don't have an indoor version. So a lot of these shag and field athletes have been waiting quite some time, including the young man who will join us in here in just a moment, Dylan Kipp. Dylan Kipp is a senior javelin thrower for the University of Montana. He's not thrown for two years, so since he was a, a junior, now he's a fifth-year senior. So he's been waiting quite some time, and in his first outdoor meet of his senior year, he set a personal best by throwing the javelin more than 33 feet farther than he ever had before. His mark of 230 feet, 4 inches, the second best in the history of the University of Montana, just behind Jensen Lilquist, who was a regional javelin qualifier a couple years back, and... Uh, I mean, to go from 197, which is a good mark, good enough to score points at the Big Sky Conference Outdoor Championships, to into the 230s, just an unbelievable throw by Dylan Kipp. So uh, without further ado, I caught up with Dylan earlier today. Here's his thoughts just about the uh, the ins and outs of how long he's had to wait to perform outdoor track and field. Dylan Kipp from the University of Montana. We go now to the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. Welcome in Dylan Kipp. He is a senior javelin thrower for the University of Montana track and field team. And this past weekend at the Al Manuel Invitational, he popped a big one, set a PR by more than 40 feet, and uh, pretty cool to, in your first meet, do that. So, Dylan, first of all, welcome to the show, welcome to town, and thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, thanks for having me. Let's talk about just the lead-up to this, because Javelin's so interesting, track and field... Uh, there's certain w- ways where you can uh, compete year-round. I mean, like the cross-country, the distance guys, you know, they're running in the fall, in the winter, and in the spring. A lot of athletes have the indoor and the outdoor season, but there's no indoor for javelin, so just the outdoor. And then you add everything that's been going on in the world. It's been a weird off-season to begin with. So tell us about just what it's been like preparing for this outdoor season that you just now finally kicked off this last weekend. Well, it was definitely a strange one. Um Typically, the plan is, you know, take take a little time off, get your body back set right, because javelin is hard on it, that's for sure. But this one is especially different because we've been off since May of 2019. So, however many months that is, um, just slowly preparing, because we got shut down last year, and... You know, we, we're prepping for the season, and then we're straight back into the off season. So it's been slow. Um, 
everybody is trying to just be healthy going into a season because it, it is a weird opportunity for us to really take the time to make sure our bodies are ready. But, you know, we stayed outside as long as we could, and it's Montana, so it got cold and snowy pretty quick. <laughs> and, um, you know, we're fortunate, although we don't have a lot of room for our indoor facilities. Javelin does have the ability to basically have full throwing and we just don't see the flight. We're just thrown into a net. So that combined with getting a new Javelin coach has been all interesting. Um, nothing bad, but all, all interesting. And luckily we've had Brandon Ronan as a constant in the weight room and has been able to give us workouts throughout everything so it's a lot a lot of you know everything but we've got a good support system through the team that helps kind of make everything a bit easier and it has been crazy transition for the track and field team right because under the leadership of brian swain for 12 years and then coach swain resigns last summer and that's in the midst of all the things that are going on in the world and like you mentioned i mean you came to montana in 2019 then basically had to wait until this last weekend to compete again after that very first spring season so what well, was it frustrating not being able to compete or i mean how are you able to keep yourself focused and driven and try to continue to improve even though there was no meets for basically two years well, I had actually planned on redshirting the previous season anyway. Um, I, I have been dealing with shoulder and bicep injuries for long enough. And with my the track that I was on for graduating, it, it just made sense to take a year to heal up and you know get back to it for this 2021 season. And... The mindset is difficult, but I think what a lot of people don't consider is that you just need to have balance. So for me, I wasn't drilling and practicing every single day since we got shut down. It, I lived my life. I went outside and did whatever I could out there and just stayed fit. And that was, that was my mindset throughout all of it. I need to keep my body right but you know let the let the mindset for competing come back when it does when competition does and you know take those opportunities in practice and lifting those competitive settings like that's that's where I get that I don't need to have the full-on competition atmosphere to have the same mindset if that makes sense no question. Dylan Kipp joining us. He is a Javelin Thrower, University of Montana track and field team, and had a big throw this last weekend at the Al Manuel Invitational. So all that said, Dylan, I mean, trying to stay focused, trying to get better, trying to you know, kind of just maintain that balance, it still must have felt pretty darn good to throw one like you did over the weekend uh, to win the event and uh, set a PR. Yeah, it was... It was good, and I walked away from the meet happy, but but not satisfied by any means. Did you see that coming? I mean, did, did you did you feel like your training was going to to uh, produce uh, such a, a good PR for you? So, um, kind of here and there, a little, a little bit back and forth. Um, uh, I guess it'd be about four weeks ago. I had 
best practice I've ever had. I had a few throws right at the 65 to 67 meter mark, and those were giant personal bests for me. But I was struggling a little bit to replicate it. I had some stuff flare up on my body that was making practice a little hard on me, but I just kind of kept my head down, maintenance what I can on my body, and then just get ready to compete, and that's that's what happens. I, I came out ready. The first throw was not ready. It was, um, I believe, 58 meters, and then the second one, 69. Third one was something not too impressive and then that fourth one it just it just kind of clicked and I don't know I knew that it was good when I let go and I was in a state of bliss and unfortunately a little bit of disappointment just with how short of the school record I was at the same time 230 feet four inches is the official throw what is the school record I believe it is 232.6, so two feet, two inches further from my former roommate, Jensen Lilquist. Jensen Lilquist, an outstanding throw at the University of Montana as well. It's fun covering his career over the last couple years. Um, but you mentioned, Dylan, the, the fact uh, track is so interesting, right? Because in basketball, okay, you can have a great practice, but it's not against another team. So, you know, you're not necessarily keeping score. If you hit 10 threes, it is what it is. But track, you might pop your biggest mark. You might have your best high jump or your best long jump or your best throw of your entire life when it's not in a meet. So how do you then focus and channel it so that you do, can then replicate that and have make it happen when it is in a meet? Well, <laughs> um, sometimes I feel like not up to us um you have to hope that your body is just clicking on the day of the meet and if it it comes down to when you have your best day and fortunately we have a great coach in ryan weidman and a great strength coach in brandon ronan and their coaching allows for us to at least try to plan our peaking cycles so we should be performing best at the end of the season. Granted, we don't have complete control over that because who knows when our body is ready for our best day, but there, there is a little bit of a plan behind all the madness. Dylan Kip joining us on the University of Montana track and field team. It's our Garden City Spotlight presented by Oral Surgical Associates of Missoula. And Dylan, you mentioned your new throws coach, Ryan Weidman. What, what's the transition been like overall? Because it's not, it's not just a new uh, director of tracker and field operations, a new head coach like Clint May, but also a new throws coach as well. So um, how does that add to just your training and, and your development? Because it seems like learning from a, a new voice might be beneficial, particularly when it comes to the techniques of the throws. Um, it's, it's a strange transition. Um, one that I am not really new to um i i entered ashland university in ohio as a high jumper had a stress fracture so i trained javelin that first year in college under a high jump coach high jump multis and and the next year i moved to the throws group and then the year after that i came to montana under brian and then i had 
what we had of that next year with Brian again and then once again a new coach with Ryan and it's it's always refreshing hearing or just getting something different from a coach because they might just say a couple different words and it'll click completely different and that happens with the same coach that I know there were multiple times with Brian that I just couldn't get something to click and figure it out and then he just said something a little different one day and everything magically fixed itself. So that's that's always going to be a factor with a new coach and as far as training goes um nothing against Brian but of course him being the head coach he had a lot of responsibilities. So having a javelin based throws coach it's it's a little easier to get our workouts and our practices figured out without putting the extra strain as you would see with a head coach trying to do it all. What's the rest of this spring look like then? Because I know that you do have another dual meet against Montana State here uh, later on next month. I guess it's April 1st today, so later on this month, I should say. Uh, but uh, the next three weekends on the road. So um, what are your individual goals in terms of continuing to try to chase that school record and, and uh, maybe hit another PR here, whether you're in Spokane or Bozeman or Pocatello these next couple weekends? Yeah, so for us, we're we're sending different groups to different meets, um, just trying to utilize one bus, I believe, is the plan. So I will be throwing this weekend in Spokane, then two weeks I'll be in Pocatello, and then I believe the meet after that is our next home meet, or the Grizzcat Duel. Then after that, I can imagine I would be waiting until conference to throw. But as far as my own goals, the first one is break the school record. After that, I I want to set my sights on some of the big sky records. That's that's where my head's at. And that would mean more huge improvements, but nothing I don't think nothing I think I'm not capable of. Um so the all-time Big Sky record for Javelin and hopefully the conference record as well. You mentioned your background coming from Ohio and coming from Ashland. Uh, tell us about what how Montana first landed on your radar. I mean, how did you initially make your way to Missoula? Well, I uh, my stepdad lived out in Helena, oh, like 20 years ago or so. And I, I was at a place in Ashland where I was ready to change my major and I just felt like I needed a, a big fresh start. So I, I was like, well, where do I want to go? And I had heard about Montana for, I don't know how long. So I checked out the schools. I visited UM and unfortunately MSU. Um, and it just, it clicked here. It clicked in Missoula. I loved talking to Brian and Brandon and it all just, it felt right. So I'm so happy I made the change. Um, of course, nothing against Ashland. That was a, a city 20 minutes from where I grew up. And, you know, it was a home there and the, the team is just great. The coaches are great, but the change fit me more out here. 
How would you describe just the complexion of this team? Because I think that one thing that maybe people that follow track and field, it's underrated, right? Having, having a, a good chemistry within your team, especially if you are have lofty goals of chasing team championships. So how would you describe this team? It's a, it's a little hard this year, if I'm going to be honest, um, with so many new faces and new teammates and COVID being a factor, not being able to have our big team dinners or big get-togethers that we've had in the past. It's harder to meet all the new faces, but it's a good chemistry. And you can see that at the meets, if we're around, we are cheering and yelling for all of our teammates. And no matter what the event is, that's that's such a big boost, whether it's throws trying to get you a little more amped up or jumps trying to give you that extra motivation to to get that next bar or a little further in the sand or finishing the backstretch of a 400, like having teammates that are going to be there to cheer you on and help push you that extra little bit. It's, it's the best part of having a competition is hearing the, the fans and the teammates actually, you know, trying to push you a little more. A question. Well, thanks so much for jumping out with us today, Dill. We really appreciate it. I know uh, you're headed to Spokane this weekend. The HIR Invitational. It's hosted by Whitworth University, so it should be a good one. Hope you got good weather. Hope you can have another peak performance. But in the meantime, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Loved having you on, and uh, best of luck with the rest of the season. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Dylan Kipp, outstanding javelin thrower from the University of Montana. Going to tell you more about all of our Promotions and of course our Grizz Greats painting right after this. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual, but it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. Welcome back. Nuan as now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide television, SWX Montana. I'm Coulter Nuan as spring is here. It's April 1st. I was going to mess with everybody at the top of the show, but then I decided to not just because uh, I do break a lot of news. We do have a lot of uh, breaking news and we want to remain trustworthy. So I didn't want to screw with any of you and, uh, you know, make up a story about who's been hired as the new Lady Grizz coach or tell you that. You know, Bobby Houck was leaving for a job at Texas A&M or something. Now nah, we're not going to do that. We'll just keep the April Fool's jokes to the experts. It is spring, though, which means that uh, we're going to be transitioning to covering a lot of spring sports. But I want to hear from you. So shoot me a text or give us a call, 406-361-3688, and let me know what you want coverage of. I love covering track. I love covering soccer. I love covering all sports because I just think humans are fascinating. And I think the challenges provided by sports, the perseverance displayed through sports 
are just great. I love and I love talking to people from all different walks of life. So we've been doing a lot of track and baseball and uh, soccer and a variety of other sports moving forward here uh, into the spring, into the summer, and then of course we're going to hit it hard. All things football in the fall, but let me know. 361 3688. 361 3688. If you want to shoot me a text, just tell me what kind of sports do you want covered here on Nuanas. Now, we rolled out this last winter our Grizz Greats podcast series, the 25th anniversary of the 1995 National Champions. 25-part podcast series chronicling Montana's run to the 1995 National Championship. And I had a painting commissioned. If you're watching on TV, you can see it. It's a very vibrant, uh, awesome painting featuring Dave Dickinson, Don Reed, and Andy Larson. It also has Main Hall from the University of Montana campus, some Grizz script, some Marshall script, a picture of the kick, as well as all set at the base of Mount Sentinel. So a piece of collector's art to be sure and uh, one of a kind deal that is only a limited edition of them printed but we're giving one of these away this is about a $600 value when you include the frame so all I need from you is just some interaction send me a message with some of your favorite football memories from Montana it could be high school college Anything of the sort. Football and Montana. That's all you need to do. You can email me, Coulter, at MissoulaBroadcasting.com, or you can hit me up on Twitter, at 1029ESPN, or at SkylineSportsMT, or at Coulter underscore Nuanez. You can also find us on Facebook, Facebook backslash ESPN Missoula. Whatever way you want to get the message to me electronically, go ahead and do it. I'm going to give this away on April 16th. So it'll be the Friday, I guess, two weeks from tomorrow. So it'll be the day before the second and final Grizz spring game here uh, in Missoula for the University of Montana. So we'll look forward uh, to that and uh, hopefully we can get some great entries from all of you out there because I promise if you're a Grizz fan or you're a football fan or you're an art fan, you're going to want this in your life. If you want to purchase a copy of the poster or the print or you want to get a sweatshirt or a t-shirt, just go to rbagley3.com. That's rbagley 3 and order your Grizz Grace the 95 National Champions painting today. Justin Angle hasn't been by for a couple weeks because we've been out of town, but now we're back in the saddle, so it is a business angle presented by Blackfoot Communications. Justin will join us at the top of the hour, hour one in the books, hour two coming at you with Justin Angle, University of Montana business professor, right after this here on Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 